0: You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show, recording live from the Diamantina Shire. Big couple weeks, big couple guests. We've had, in the scheme of things, um, almost every facet of... Of the Batuta Advocate uh, news reporting format, I guess, we had a legal representative uh, a couple of weeks back. We had Jenny Robinson, Julian Assange's lawyer.
1: A legal representative, that's what- A representative I mean. the legal- That's what you're going to describe, arguably the nation's greatest legal export.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. A legal export, who also represents <laughs> West Papua <laughs> in the high court. Um, and Julian Assange. And Julian Assange. She was a, a great we're, guest.
1: We're, Talking about your average kind of dentist, no, from above no, the Chinese takeout no, restaurant. No, in she Melbourne. doesn't. She doesn't
0: have the. Uh, she doesn't have the firm above the laundromat. Following up after her, we had Jason Fu of the Triple Threat Archerboard Solomon Win finalist fame. Uh, that was an interesting one. So we go from yeah. you know the law to the arts. Haven't had a sport star on for a while. We did have Willie Mason earlier in the year, and then last week Don Walker, arguably uh, Australia's greatest. Singer, songwriter. Learn a lot about the story of Cold Chisel and, and the man. Today's guest is here talking design, which is also, I guess, in the scheme of things, something that we would engage with either consciously or subconsciously every single day of our lives. Architecture, particularly. Today's guest has made a name for himself in what I would describe as one of the great media career pivots
2: of all time. Tim Ross, thank you for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure, gentlemen I love that chat with Don Walker You know, I saw Don one day I was going to see Tim Rogers at the Hobson When it was still a pub that was open in Sydney You know, one of those great small band venues And I was standing at the door waiting for a mate And he turned up, his name was on the door Because he should be on the name, should be on the door Legend like Don Yeah And the girl at the desk, she said Oh, oh my name's on the door, you yeah. know And she said, what's your name? And he went, Don Walker And she went, Don who? And she had no idea. Uh, (laughs) And you think about, you know, he is so modest, isn't he? That um, I found it fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Anyway, people can go back and listen to that one. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it it, it is interesting. I I feel like there was people that exist in, um, in terms of the heartland rock, and uh, we're already talking about something completely different now, but in terms of the heartland rock, Chisel held that in Australia for decades, for generations. And I think Bruce Springsteen held a similar place in America, and I know that there were people that worked alongside him that wrote these songs that kind of would not get recognised at the door.
2: Yeah, but I think if you look at Don and those deeply thoughtful songs, yeah, and then also the way that, you know, how they connected in a time when those beer barns were everything, and, you know, it was people were just blind and <laughs> killing each other, and then there's this sort of this underlying beauty to him and he dressed the same way the whole time like he's extraordinary he's a national treasure well it, there was one part of that podcast that i
1: really found interesting was that after don had moved to adelaide and was in uh, was in cold chisel in its first incarnations he decided to move back to armadale and the band followed mm. him to Armidale from Adelaide, so I guess you know Adelaide isn't that bad that you'd move to Armidale. So they must have he was the I- identified very yeah. early on that Don was the glue that was going <laughs> yeah, so to hold. It's crucial to be the one <laughs> that made him a <laughs> millionaires. That grog-soaked band together. Yeah.
0: It uh. was a hedonist six months for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While I was doing physics and pure mathematics, at the at University of <laughs> New England, a <I> glorified. <laughs>
2: College, and Nossie spent some serious time with Tucker's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> now, sorry, back yes, no, no, back no this back is to great. Me. No, no, sorry, no, yeah. we're dealing with, as I
0: said, uh, we're dealing with a radio professional. Effectively, you did many, many, many more hours in the boots than we ever have. Mm. Uh, you came up that way, but you have asserted yourself, and you probably won't like this description, but I'm going to say it as an authority in design and architecture in Australia. You obviously have a very big interest in it, but you have a encyclopedic white boy brain, which you very rarely see in uh, in people that work in media. You have interests, and you have um, numbers and data and moments in time, and you can identify so much about this world of architecture and design that uh, some would
2: think that you might have had a job before you were on Breakfast yeah, Radio. Well, now you just, if you, now in this day, if you listen to enough people and read a bit and Google a lot, yeah. you can – you can have a go and stuff, but I do. I mean, I think you, if you are interested in something, and so some, in terms of Australian design and Australian history, which I have been pretty much my whole life, mm. you sort of pick some things up along the way, and if you listen to some smart people once in a blue moon, you know, you sort of find your way into things. And it's, I mean, it's an interesting pivot, and but it was something that's always been there. But I was just really lucky, you know, I was really lucky to be able to have a, I think, far more interesting second act, nothing against what I used to do with mares, but I think there's something far more fulfilling and far more important that I'm doing now than yeah. I was doing back then, of course. But, you know, like it's – no, if I came in here today and I was still the 1990s version of myself and I came in, you know, wearing a Grinspoon T-shirt. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> <The> resin dogs. <laughs> or 28 Days or, you know um, – <laughs> you know, uh, Area 7, um, you know, there would be something incredibly tragic about that in some ways. So, yeah, we all we all hope we move on in some ways, but not in that really, you know, I don't know, tiresome boring way where I've, yeah. I've just... Become I've just a talkback shock shock. This is like, well, yeah, and that's what happens to people, They <laughs> So they get... I don't know, when when, when, uh, when uh, I'm doing a podcast at night at the moment, and they go, you sure you don't want to come and have a little bit of a... Crack at 2GB and I'm like, I don't think that's for me <laughs> unless, I can do the, unless I can do the gardening show on a Saturday morning. I, I, I think I could do that. But um, yeah, I think people naturally get conservative and they get too deep into... Populist. Oh, well, you get too deep into you, what you're into, which I can do at times. Yeah, and. it's because can, you, you
1: can, usually have something worth conserving, so you become a conservative. If yes.
0: Yeah, like then, I'm surprised you know, someone who's made as much money as Carl Sandelins hasn't become like a raging conservative
2: because he has a lot to lose. But uh, I guess the – Yeah, uh, most importantly, his ratings. <laughs> I, so. the, the idea of – I mean, the idea of remaining progressive as you get older is a really interesting one. And uh, I had this mate, Neil Clarahan, who's a fabulous architect. And there was this thing in Melbourne where you get these really sort of progressive – you know, it's a strange Melbourne take—is that you can have, and it's because it's, so, it's such an old school, old school Thai yeah. mentality. So, he was a member of the Melbourne Club, right? So, it's mm-hmm. total, total Melbourne society. Then he's this really progressive and interesting architect, and he used to drive this old car and he used to leave it out the front of the Melbourne Club with his fake doctor on call <laughs> sign. But he, that's where he got all his work from—hang out at the Melbourne Club, yeah, do all that stuff. And he used to swim every day, and he was swimming well into his, gosh, well, late in, into his late 80s. I think he died in his early 90s. And his only paranoia in life was that while he was swimming, he would die, and no one would know who he was. <laughs> so at the age of 82, he went down to the local bong shop, and he got his home phone number tattooed on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> so it said 875 Yeah, whatever. yeah, the landline. <laughs> But what I found really fascinating, the conversation that came out from his, his wonderful daughter was talking to me about, you know, he would have been 91 or something when the the, the gay marriage plebiscite was happening. And he had to go pretty deep as a 91-year-old just to go, hang on a so say, how do I feel, this conservative yeah. album, but also a modernist and, yeah. and a progressive person? And he just went, oh, I'm a... I'm a progressive person, so I'm going to say yes. Yeah. And so why does that get lost so much? Yeah. Why, and the older you get, the harder you have to hold on to that stuff. And I yeah. know it seems sort of might be a strange conversation for, for some of your younger audience to listen to this, but it certainly would resonate with people when you're watching your mum and dad suddenly turn into something you can't recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying that he would support the North Richmond
1: injecting room but wouldn't want to live near it.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I it. Okay. absolutely. And 100%. he has the means to 100%. move away from it. Yeah, yeah. it's to, like yeah. if
1: if they were if they were going to put one under the Kuyong Yong Tennis Club, he would be like, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. 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 I'd I mean, rather
1: you just do it on the tennis court, like it's the eighties again. You know? And and yeah. thankfully, like people history. like
0: that have the option now where they can just go to Mon Monique yeah. and say. We know that you agree with us because she, she's kind of, the teal thing has just nailed that for, the, for that particular archetype. The teal is just enough of both. For yeah, we
2: well, just go, I feel like I'm doing something. I'm doing the right yeah, thing man. by someone and myself. Yeah. And the my kids will talk to me if I vote for this person. It's like if
1: you're an alcoholic and you have a heaps normal. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, kind <laughs> yeah, 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 of. You know, yeah. I,
2: I like the people who, they, the teal Crew, you sort of—I quite liked seeing them in my neighbourhood when it all happened, but I draw the line of having, getting stuck having too many conversations with yeah. them because you know they.
0: Oh, they care. That's the thing. Just like,
2: yeah, that's good. Thanks for wearing the t-shirt. I waved at you when I drove past you. Uh, taking my kids to school, but like, <laughs> I've got stuff to do now. Thanks for caring. Yeah, you made a difference. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, I'm not overly interested in the uh, Fadden by-election that Stuart Roberts is now. <laughs> bowing out, like, the the thing is, it, it it won't die, and we're dealing with that now, we're in an interesting political climate, as we said before, um, we've got a generation of kids who probably won't grow conservative like their parents did, because asset-wise, they're not going to be able to go, you know, like for like with their parents.
2: Do you reckon it's, it's so asset-driven? Yeah, I do yeah, think right. that,
0: you
1: start thinking, you get a bit nervous about yeah. these things, there's just going to be two classes in this country moving forward the haves and the have nots. Yeah.
0: But I, I do want to talk to you about this because people care a lot about architecture when it's something they can touch and feel as well. You know, like anyone who I have met over the years who is that interested in it without being involved in it is usually someone who has employed an architect. You know what mm. I mean? They've employed an architect on their own. That's the more suburban core architect and architecture yeah. enthusiast is mm. someone who can, mm. who's enjoying that, you know, that art form as something of their own. People come from around the world to look at architecture. People travel to look at architecture. Yeah, like they go to Barcelona and they go and look at all the Gaudi shit. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, I mean, that that's very much a moment for a lot of people who discover architecture is seeing Gaudi. But how do you find interest, like? With architecture, young people can't afford to buy anything. Yeah. So, like, where's where's their skin in the game with it? Or do you think it's more of something to just walk past and marvel? No, it
2: should. I mean, so our best domestic architecture in this country that came out in say the nineteen fifties into the nineteen seventies tracks alongside the rise of the middle class. Yep. and so this is truly great. So I was doing a show about you know motels a while ago, and I was talking about. The motels were... Part two big. of the Australian dream, which was you get to a point where, you know, say 1970s into the early 1980s, and even beyond, you know, the average Australian could find themselves, they get themselves a house, they've got a Ford old Holden. XC Falcon wagon. yeah, And, they get, you know, get, mum gets a Chimera, and then they go, you know what, well, we've got a little, you know, Nan's passed away, she left us a little bit of money, let's go buy a block of land up the coast somewhere. And then we'll just... A Luca. Dad will start, slowly start stealing some materials from... Work And yep. over time you build a little place and you've got a weekender. Yep. Part two of the Australian dream, really common, yep. right? That's gone forever. Yep. But from the, the senses that, you know, the resentment of, you know, boomers, or whatever, for having that. But that's the way it was. Yep. And so really hard. And I keep thinking, we keep looking at what happens when you, to a generation who feel like they can't own a house yeah. or whatever. And so where does the architecture come into play? It's the models are broken. So one of the things that, you know, this new series is, is that we looked at. This is this great development in Canberra. There's two of them, and they're done by this Sydney architect, Michael Dysart, and he's in his late 80s. He's still with us. And one of them, the Village, we feature. It's mm-hmm. cooperative housing. So back in the 70s, and it was a bit easy because the government would just give land away, but they <laughs> all, instead of the developers taking the money that everyone puts in and they buy a house, and they buy, they put together, the, you know, this, I do not remember, there's 60 houses or something. But then they end up with a pool, they end up with a half-court thing for kids, they end up with more green space than any other thing. And it works better today than probably any development that you will, will see. And it means that you get better amenity for the same amount of money. So what, trying to get a ha- more affordable housing is trickier. Getting better housing for your buck is what's achievable yeah. at the moment. But the, the models are all broken. So... If you start thinking about how do I get in, we have to rethink all of our housing, and this is where the architecture comes into play. So if your mum and dad's are thinking about how you're going to design a new house or your existing house, if you adapt your house to have a granny flat or your garage turns into something else or into a – you turn your – off, your home office of Your garage but Half of your garage Becomes a home office Or so whatever it is yeah. That you do You get a multi-generational home Which means mum and dad Can You can your Family can stay In the yeah. The big part of the house Nana moves into The granny flat The kids are in The granny flat At some stage Or your house Becomes more adaptable Yeah And so there's Small ways That people can say Well yeah. this This will work for me But The density Is the issue Yeah So we Everyone's gonna have to live In apartments But most of our apartments Are shit Yeah because they're made for developers and not people. Everyone's the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, it doesn't matter what shitty bricks you put on the front and and how many pizza ovens they put in there. And oh, there's a gym. And oh, maybe it's for a pool. The plan for every single one of them is the same. Yeah, you go to your friend's place in apartments. Go, this looks exactly like my, my yep. apartment. Yeah, because that that's what. Investors want, not what people want. Yeah, and that's I, what breaks it. There's
0: something, there is something. There's like almost like a blueprint, particularly in New South Wales, where you can do it without an engineer if you build it by certain parameters. I mean, the, the, the shutters there, on the roadside. You but know?
2: you know that's, and then also that, the, when you drive past those apartments and they're not set back from the road, <laughs> and that's awful. That's they're all failures in planning and everything. Yeah. But there are going to be better ways of doing it, and yeah. and that's where architecture has a role in creating better spaces. What architecture can't solve is, is is cost of building, which is just ridiculous. So that's that, and that's a huge. So thing. so yeah, Tell me when you look at
0: when you look at and it was a weird place to start this uh, discussion of your new show, designing a legacy, uh, to start with the culture wars into uh, the teal movement and then into uh, class disparity and <laughs> but it's all it's
2: all really linked, you <laughs> know. Oregon. I mean it's mean, a so bang, you know. Like if you show, look at yeah, injecting rooms, <laughs> you got you got you got governments who are in, who are just running away from social housing. Yeah. Yeah uh, And that's well,
1: like It's it's like If you're a government You know You're just trying to get Some bang for buck I mean like, yeah. and,
2: and they're so short sighted So yeah. this is the biggest issue When it comes to Affordable housing Yeah right. The biggest issue is Once you're in You don't care anymore
0: Yeah Yeah That's the issue
2: And that's why It's yeah, it's a huge issue This is great This is really yeah. important yeah. Oh, I'm in now I don't give a fuck Pull the yeah. Pool, ladder up Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm in mean, Fuel yeah. You know It's going to yeah, cost yeah. me a fortune yeah. So And there's a lack of generosity with that. And so, our so, talk about culture wars. Yeah. There has been a, what, a a 50 year war on the concept of social housing? Yeah. We shaved it down from 9% of
0: residences to three. Okay.
1: So, like, the first time I ever went to Melbourne was only a couple of years ago. And coming in there on the highway, you just see those gargantuan buildings, and I was like, "What the fuck are they?" <laughs> and Clancy goes, "That's this is public housing. This, this is people in Melbourne can live in the middle of the city. Where yeah. if you go down to a place like Sydney, I mean, you'd have to be nigh on
2: like earning like mid six figures to live anywhere near the city." Well, they, Sydney is the only city in the world, capital city in the world, that doesn't have any social housing yeah. within the CBD, and yeah. they they sold it all off and. The idea of who's in social housing, and this is this is the problem, right? Is that it's been the houseos have been oh, oh, they're doll bludgers. And and every those key workers, it's like, how do we? What do do we do with our nurses? What do we do with our policemen? How do do our teachers? Why do they have to be on a train for an hour and a half to teach our kids? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's it's an interesting, it's a completely bizarre and a very Australian thing. You know, we do have heroes in Australia. Quite often, they are. People who mm. will openly laugh about avoiding tax, um, you know, the Kerry
1: Packers and the Paul Hogans, they're our no, heroes. He wasn't avoiding it, Clancy. He <laughs> yeah, was, it was minimizing, minimizing it. it yeah, yeah. Yeah. And but, you'll need your head red if you don't do it yourself. <laughs> but that,
0: you know, even New York, would they have that New York strong. The firemen, the cops, uh, the teachers, probably the nurses not so much after the pandemic. They copped a lot of flack, but they were always positioned into, you know... Let's provide 17-year leases. Mm. Let's, uh, let's do rent control. And I guess with that, you know, you get buildings that are built for to be looked at for for centuries. Can you tell me Blonde Brick? The Blonde mm. Brick was a very Australian mm. apartment block, mm. right? In the 90s, you'd look at a Blonde Brick, it not necessarily houses either, just flats. At the end yeah. of your street, and you'd think they didn't have a very good rap, the old Blonde no. Brick. The Blonde Brick has aged beautifully. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything in history like what we have now, where we're looking at these things that are fucking merit and shit boxes? Well, have a look. The, the, down are they the, ever going to become something that we look back on and go, "Ooh, that was an interesting a, it's year."
2: A re, it's a really good question. Um, some of them will be, some of them won't. Some of the better, the ones that most of them will get be knocked down. Yeah, that's the thing about it. You, got, you there's this idea that you have, you know, thirty years time, and someone will come and buy them and. <laughs> Um, bulldoze them. Do it again. There's this great story about, you know, this Danish architect comes out to Canberra and, and she's uh, looking out the window at all the housing estates and she's just looking at the landscape and she just says, why, why are you building slums? <laughs> and we just can't help ourselves. And
1: uh, we just... You know, the, I mean, surely they're not going to tear down the Herschel Street Meriton in
2: Brisbane. I mean, well,
1: it's, it's the, one of the tallest buildings we have. You in, don't in know what. I mean,
2: they don't know what's certain. Is that we made better apartments a hundred years ago in yeah. some ways than we did today. Yeah. If you look at it, things historically, yeah. so those high rises that you see in Flemington when you get off the you get off the plane and you come off the Tullamarine Freeway in Melbourne, part of that final. You know, for a period of time, that final experiment with high-rise social housing in Melbourne. When they were opened, if you're a kid under, I think it was 10, you weren't allowed to live in them. Yeah, right. Because they didn't believe that apartment living was right for kids. Yeah, right. So we've got this historical aversion to apartments. Yep. And that comes back from the post-war period where you see people like Harry Sidler building these apartment blocks and thinking, well, that's what we've got in Europe. And they'd go, well, only poor people and foreigners live in flats, okay. and so they were. Tra- they were. You'd live in a flat for a while, and then you'd move into a house. You know, we we sold the suburban dream, and the so that acre up and ride, yeah, and that Ooh, sits yeah. with us forever. And then so now, when we suddenly are forced, and some people want to live in apartments, and for lots of different reasons, they make sense for people. But there's still that baggage with how we make them, yep. because there's been no universal love of them. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at places in Sydney and Brisbane, you're looking at those apartments from the 1930s. They're so livable. Yeah. They're so beautiful. Yeah. And they're always near train lines. <laughs> yeah. they have always got great amenities. And but how built you- with triple brick too, yeah. though all those Art yeah. Deco ones. Yeah. I and, mean, and
0: for, for the most part, you're right. They have been able to just insert Foxtel into them or yeah. NBN. They kind of.
2: And so how do you how do you suddenly say well how can we get things so wrong that we can't replicate Is that is
0: things? that is that a cost of construction thing? is like, yeah. no, an Art, yeah. I is mean, an art Deco
2: building expensive to build? Oh, now, oh, it would blow your socks off uh,
0: if you had well, to brick for a brick let's blue look, one. Let's ask the guys who's done a documentary. Well,
2: yeah, let's, let's face it. I'm not a, a building professional, but there's different ways. It's actually about the intent rather than, you know, there's more. You can still make things without them being, you know, Triple brick. There's a, there's a whole bunch of ways that they'll save money to make a decent building, but it's sometimes just simply in the race to get in. You can get away with murder. Yeah, and people can knock up shitty apartments, and people always buy them. Swing a cat. You can't swing a cat yeah. in them.
0: And then, you know that's. I want to ask um, if you've seen some sort of a renaissance. I look at Brisbane. People bang on about this hotel in Brisbane, the Carlisle Hotel. It's a luxury hotel in Brisbane. It's going to be one of many. They're building heaps in the It used league. to be a
2: lot cheaper when it when it opens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it used to be a two hundred dollar a night hotel and now it's a nine hundred dollar yeah, a night hotel.
0: But there's a little bit of how that's built. It just looks nice. Yeah. There's a pool, people like being yeah. there. The I mean and Brisbane's doing this now leading into the Olympics, they're going to have a lot of places to stay and I would have never imagined that a hotel mm. would be a reason that people are flying to Brisbane, but it is. Yeah. But
2: it's, it's part of a a, a cohesive de- design ethos in that whole region in james street which is well thought out it's really beautiful and it responds to the climate yep so when you walk out of your room you're not walking into air conditioning you're walking into curved archways where the breeze comes through and you can feel your embrace really and so you're not necessarily noticing that when you're there but it is a reflection of whatever and also it says because you know the the architects of Basically said, you know, we, we, we're from this place and we are going to design better buildings for our hometown. Yeah. And that's what you get in that whole place. So when you're not – when there's planning and there's cohesiveness to design and it all works together, it's really quite something. Yeah. And so that's that's like an A plus for me when it comes to, to what our inner city suburbs can look like.
0: It's it's effectively low density too, if you were yeah. look at that as some to actually live. But with these high rises, and it's, you
2: know, it's around the corner. There's a shitty car yard, and it's yeah. all and it's not perfect. Yeah. And you go one block further, and it's you know there's people living there, and, it, and like Brisbane's a yeah. It's you're a in the me- valley. It's a me- mess yeah. of development. Yeah. Like it's it's a young city.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, like it's it's had to do a lot in a long period of time, and also it's a timber and tin city. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when th- you and when you make that jump, you know it can it can go from looking like PNG to Sydney yeah. in a block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know that you talk about heritage and holding on to things that are important. Holding on to that sense of timber and tin in Brizzy is really important. Yeah. Because there's there's a great story to be told about that, and those houses are just adorable. I remember
0: James Street ten years ago. There was actually a minor council like a mini council called the James Street Initiative uh, which was every business agreed I don't know how the fuck they did this but every business agreed to pay a levy and that's what brought them their seafood and steak festivals they'd close off the street and do those kinds of stuff and I think there's been something like that happening there for a while where they get some sort of consensus amongst everyone on the strip to avoid it turning into a Hastings Street Noosa where you've got Six billabong stores and thre- oh, 13 God. gelato shops, you know what
2: I mean? Oh, God, you'd really want to see Mum in a one-piece dripping <laughs> a gelato. Whatever like, just, yeah. Camilla's you know, got Jayden. a big presence. Yeah, Jaden.
0: Yeah, Jaden. Who Jaden and Camilla Camilla dresses. Captain Drew. Oh, God. yeah, those things. Oh, I mean, that's, that's yeah. So <laughs> you are a fan of the Queenslander, the traditional, the
2: pre-Carlisle Queensland yeah, I um, do. I architecture. Mean, I fell in love with Brisbane through its architecture because it's... You know, so it's, it's because of its response to climate, which I think is really important. You know, we can...
0: So tell me, with the Queenslander?
2: It's not saying that they work, you Is know. it on
0: stilts for the breeze underneath or for but the supposedly, floods?
2: Supposedly, and some people will tell you it works. So, you know, it's some people, both, the sense that also you can, That's when it's super hot, and you can so, go on, go underneath them. Yeah. Um, Drink cold cans. Yeah, and so that gives you that extra element. But... Yeah. <laughs> More important than all those things is that yeah you should be able to open them all up and the, a lot of them didn't have much in, in terms of insulation that's more of a problem than lifting them up lifting them down yeah you know, they need some bit, but but all that stuff's been retrofitted in but they just um they're just incredibly important in terms of um, the story of where people are from and that's I think that's because if you lose all those elements yeah what is it you you it will look like yeah yeah any any other. City will like a in, Canberra suburb. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, um, it'll feel you could be in Singapore rather yeah. than Brisbane.
0: I have noticed that when you drive through the suburbs of Greensland, you'll see every second house is one of those pointy ones that were big in the 2000s, you know, pointy rendered brick. Yeah. Which yeah. looks completely different to the Queenslander next. Like, yeah. a, there is absolutely no DNA shared between those two, I wouldn't say. They, you've got an air-conditioned yeah, yeah. building with a media yeah. room and a drive-in garage, and then you've got the stilted Queenslander that's...
1: Made well, from. Queensland does have a long history of both its state government and its councils being all above board, and well, you, like you're unable brothers. to. Uh, <laughs> the Dean brothers, all we uh, <laughs> leave is memories. To <laughs> grease wheels, if mm. you wanted to put a giant square box on your quarter acre block in Hawthorne, that's fine. You just had to pay someone at the council.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. I mean. In terms of the city in Brisbane, it's, yeah, what's been demolished. But, you know, what's been replacing, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But the interesting thing about those, you know, you got when you say there's a Queenslander sitting next to some sort of rendered monstrosity, maybe they're not a monstrosity, it's someone's home, so let's remember that, which is important. (laughs) Uh, But what drives a lot of that now is property price. So you'll see that what's scarring our suburbs everywhere in terms from a heritage point of view particularly ones where the councillors don't care. So you've got a lot of, say, interwar homes or post-war homes going because you can put a dual lock on your one block. Yep. And, you know, the, the project home companies will come in and you keep one for yourself and you sell the other one and then bang, all your kids take the other one. And I understand that. And so that's when housing affordability starts to crush the way our suburbs should look. Yeah. And... But if you're listening to this and you just want a house, you probably don't give a shit about yeah, that's whether it or want not to get you know in. some. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it just becomes sort of middle class fifty old, fifty plus year olds like me that um, care about this stuff. But we need to hold on to some of these buildings because they need to tell us a story in the future because you know, our history is really important. And the reasons that people love these historic suburbs is because people gave a shit back in the day and held on to them.
0: And, and Queensland's already lost the corner pubs. You know what I yeah. mean? That was a that was a heritage era. Um, the corner pubs were turned into bottle shops. And, you know, hmm. balconies removed and they were just turned into bottle shops. That was a law that was in, in place. And, and and now you'll find Queenslanders flying down to the rocks in Sydney or down into Fitzroy and doing historical hotel tours. It's like, mate, you <laughs> had know. that. You had that all through Spring Hill. You had that yeah, all through yeah, New yeah. Farm and yeah. West
1: End. I would trade every <laughs> Harry side the building just to get back every pub that Brisbane's lost.
0: <laughs> uh, I had no idea
2: that happened. Yeah, I mean, it, was, yeah.
0: It, was a, it was a law. It was about... It was actually... When bottle shops first came to be, they said you can only own a bottle shop if you have a pub, because everyone yeah. was, it was just going to turn us into a you know rum rebellion. And then they just said, well, these guys said, "Well, we're making more money selling cartons of piss than Didn't having to than having and a kitchen." So yeah, we just flipped this it, whole thing and to bottle shops. Yeah, but you know
2: the, the, the hotel associations. Are this. Yeah, whole, and, and, Wally, and obviously Woolies
0: bought out every family that. did mm. That so, you'll rarely find many suburbs with a corner pub in Brisbane anymore. But I want to talk to you about. Art Deco. It's mm-hmm. something that, this is a, an entry point for a lot of people into architecture. It's easy to learn what that looks like. Yeah, it's um,
1: instantly recognisable.
0: Instantly actually. recognisable. This is quite a baby steps for someone who is interested in design and they kind of start learning things. Before you start going down the brutalists and all these kind
2: of- Yeah, I the decorative nature of it mm. is really appealing to people. Yeah. And it's so deeply steeped in the romance of Hollywood. Yeah. So, the California bungalow and, Well, you see, <laughs> if you look at, say, those early films that everyone saw yeah, They're all chock-a-block full of the beauty and the glory of Art yeah. Deco And, of course, they are also this leap forward You know, this sort of modern thing going on Where it's the precursor to what we call modernism now Which is, it's steam trains, it's automobiles, all that thing It's, it's the 20th century, it's the new world yeah. And that becomes really appealing to people And now you look, I mean, it's... You, you people look at that those decorative elements, and it's just a, it's it, it pulls your heartstrings, yeah. and it's that's all it is to it. You know, like it, there is something really incredibly beautiful to yeah. those moments, the, the decorative moments of Art Deco.
0: We were up in Townsville just the other weekend, and we saw pockets of it up there in the deep north. We looked it up to actually before you came in. We were, what was that building we drove past? And it was the old Townsville Hospital. Was it's a perler. Mm. And there's there's Art a lot Deco. of that, and apparently there's a lot of that throughout the north, which they believe came with the Italians when they made a bit of money in the cane fields.
2: We had this thing at like some somewhere, somewhere like Wagga Wagga, mm-hmm. it's chock a block full of Art Deco buildings, and most of them built in the 1950s, yeah. which is you know thirty <laughs> thirty odd years, yeah. thirty odd years before, yeah. after. You yeah, know, right. most, so that you think, oh, that's a beautiful nineteen thirties building, but actually, it's a nineteen fifties building, a nineteen sixties yeah. building. So it people took really, someone thirty years yes, to, to get oh, there, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah,
1: that's know. part of the cost yeah. in Wagga, I guess. So yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I went to Wagga Wagga once. You know, it's those, like going uh, back in time. Yeah. Went to La there, uh, you know, the famous pizza chain. It's a Saturday night, seven thirty, and the woman comes out and said, uh, "I'm just letting you know, you can have um, you can have anything on the menu apart from pizza." Like, what? Well, it's oh, yeah, So we've run out of cheese. <laughs> I was like, what? Of all the things you can <laughs> run out of. <laughs> in, the riverina yeah. in the river, too. In the We've run no. out of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Whose job was that? <laughs> Jaden? <laughs> I love Wagga, but it's the food, it's the one regional place where the old food revolution didn't really catch up. <laughs> um,
0: do you uh, find that's other why pockets?
2: Steve Mortimer left? Because of the food, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's why
0: he, Wayne Carey left. He just couldn't <laughs> handle the food, the grub. <laughs> Do you find any other pockets? I remember in Queensland as a young boy hearing about Cooper's play in South Brisbane. There was a big Dutch German influence, and that was ethnic mm. enclave related. There yeah. was those not. Uh, it's this kind of. They were not climate appropriate. They were damp. They were, but they were like those kind of mud brick type houses. There's had. a
2: huge elements of that. So the post war Jewish communities in Melbourne and Sydney, yeah. Bondi, St Kilda. Elston Week and those houses that the modernism was the architecture that they had uh, experienced firsthand, yeah. in Europe. And so they came, and then the architects with them, they would other Jewish architects would commission, they'd get them to commission their homes. And then you also have this amazing furniture, too. So they'd yeah. all get these people, to, furniture makers, they'd get them to commission these great pieces of furniture to go in for inbuilt cabinetry. So you get. These great – I call them super suburbs where you've got a a, 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 um, concentration of better architecture than elsewhere in the country. And it really is whoever's living there is what causes that. Mm -hmm. And um, then, of course, you get all sorts of things. And I I think when it comes to this sort of snobbery and what a building should look like, everything is trumped by who's in that house. Yeah. So – I'm a big fan of laying judgment on people and how they live. And when I was making my first series for the ABC, we we're in uh, Leichhardt, in New South Wales, and we're doing a thing on what was, you know, colloquially called the classic wog mansions. Yep. And they basically the concrete you know, lawn, but the... you just take a brick veneer home and then just twist it a little bit with some columns and. Um, the tiles are a bit. Tiles everywhere. A yeah. couple of lines. Yeah. yeah. And
1: olive trees. We were hoping Albanese would do it in Kerrability. <laughs> we should. <have.
2: laughs> and, you know, and to be honest, they, those buildings should be full of fruit trees or yeah. they should be public spaces, to be on point. But so, you know, you go to this funny island. It was a beautiful terrace house that had been tiled within an inch of its life. The, the beautiful wooden windows and doors had been taken out with these crappy aluminium doors. And there's you know there's columns everywhere, and then you walk in on um, this sort of tiled, this line of vinyl. No, you just stroll into the backyard, you know, through an arch. Arches are back though. Uh, there's brick arch, and then bang, lemon tree. There's basil everywhere. Big. There's yeah. just everything, and then you go inside, and there's coffee, and there's biscotti, and then you Ashtray's. look, there's, there's looking at every photo of the Pope fucking ama- uh, uh, available. Yeah. And you go, this is amazing and it's so full of life. And, so, and as a kid, when I moved to the city from the suburbs in Melbourne and I'm living in North Melbourne and then later on in Fitzroy, when you pass those houses with vines everywhere and fruit everywhere, they're the houses with action, with love yeah. and life. And so no matter what happens in terms of architecture and design and how that's not amazing design, They're the things that are important. So that trumps everything. And they're the houses that we all respond to.
1: And now all you have is the same houses with all of that gone, the doors being painted like lime green, and there's just like a a $2,000 pram
2: out the front. (laughs) And a a butler's pantry that's bigger than my bedroom growing up. And they just become a thing. And everyone says, oh, you've got to get a butler's pantry because you go, oh, and this brings it back to the same thing as what happens with design is design becomes based on – Re- resale. Yeah, right. So the stone uh, kitchen bench. The, that's 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 killing a whole bunch of yeah, tradesmen the to put in. Yes, oh, yeah. 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 The
0: one that we haven't really thought too much about. Nah, but but no that, that was a big Steph. one for about ten years. That just get that
2: the Caesar stone. Caesar yeah. stone. And um so those things bring back the chandelier. If you're going to up. they <laughs> do. So that's if you talk about what's how you know the world changes how we view things. The um so you go to Perth. And they love the bling even to this day in their architecture. There's no restraint in materiality, right? And that's all part of that 1980s thing. So if you grew up with any of that, you saw that in Bondi's world. Bondi, yeah, right. And you think you, oh, I don't, I hate the 80s. Oh, that was, oh, that was stuffless. And then you do, you don't know. You just, they just do it. They can't help themselves. <laughs> they cannot help <laughs> themselves. <laughs> and well, then you see interiors today in this country, particularly. Everything's blingy and everything's showy because yeah. people decided during the pandemic that they wanted their houses to look like restaurants yep and bars really yeah, mate, case in point go on to
1: Domain after this is done and look at the state of Peter Hellyer's house I mean <laughs> like he had, that, he had that shit all over the <laughs> fucking
2: walls <laughs> <I can laughs> lights
1: coming off the roof uh, what has
0: he got the salon hang I can just
1: a am baby is that set. the St Kilda one Oh, mate, no, it was that one that was like all—all all of us are like, how the fuck? This yeah. g- giant house of, like, I think oh. it was that 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 one he sold in Fern Tree Gully out the back there, a huge one.
2: The, that's Rove money.
0: So you, do you think that was a subconscious thing, turning a house into a fucking restaurant?
2: I everyone did it in I the mean, pandemic. Was, I don't even. I think it was just you look. Everyone was looking around their house, and then they felt that they. The, they need somewhere safe to be. They want their friends around, and it's so stupid because we know you know it lasts for a small period of time. But the you, and then that will stay. So the reason for doing it's gone. It's fucked off completely. But for the next eight years, yeah. we will see this. Yeah, and people yeah. go, I really want that. Yeah, right. A chandelier, or I want those gold things, and I want those things, and they will not even know why they're doing it. So that has changed. So it used to be that you know if you did a bathroom, you'd get maybe seven or eight years of it looking. Really, really still modern, but now it's maybe two years, maybe yeah, right. three years because it's the cycles change so quickly because of Instagram. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, like it's every, every pregnancy every, and Instagram, yeah,
1: <laughs> like it, it's almost like every new build has this kind of door on it.
2: Oh, yeah, with like, the sort of... The, yeah, with
1: the four horizontal like, windows. Yeah, 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 the Sunshine that's Coast the, door. every very every single, very
2: popular at Doors Plus. every
1: house. <laughs> right, that's putting the Doors Plus people through privacy. Well, I'm it's so not, no, no
0: fuss. Can you tell me, what do you think is... I mean, it is funny you say these moments as well, apart from these migration waves or these um, economic uh, emancipation of an entire state, which created the bling factor in WA. We also have these moments in time where it's like, you know, the pandemic. It was cycling Tracy up in Darwin. They mm. had to build that whole city again. Yeah. What did they do there? Well, then you end
2: up just with buildings that are... Uh, uh, safe. That are safe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, They're ones that survive, but you do see... Um, you know what I mean? you a lost, the, lost a whole bunch of buildings. <laughs> yeah. It's only a small place, though. Um, the Greeks made so much cash up there. But if you look at what totally defines what we do, and, how, and this is what I believe anyway... And so what we do, how we build, how we behave Mm. is all based on, you know, why we think – when you go to Bunnings right on the weekend and it's busy, Mm -hmm. everyone goes to Bunnings, everyone loves Bunnings. So what does that Bunnings really tell us about us? It's more than just we like sausages. Extreme convenience. And we do – and then it's important that we have a crack at everything, and and if we don't, you know, try to knock up a deck when we're not qualified, part of us dies and falls (laughs) over as a country. But (laughs) – what it really signals to us is that we're addicted to change. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, if I said to you, if you could go as a kid, could you go to the same restaurant you went to when you were 10 years old and it looked the same, if it still existed, the answer would be, unless it's maybe a Chinese restaurant, probably the answer is no. Yeah. In Europe, in America, you can go to <coughs> a restaurant that looks looked the same for 100 years and they love it. Not for us at all. No. And what drives that is our insecurity. So we've been constantly, for the last 200 plus years, Trying to show the world that we're not a backward place, and And so so it's a cultural deficit. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and And we just we still have that gold rush kind of mentality that that you know
2: like once that
1: we're all trying to find something.
2: Yeah, and even at the so so say the even at the peak right of the gold rush in Melbourne. So Melbourne's the most modern city in the world. Mm -hmm. They've got the world exhibition going there. You know they've got the exhibition building there. Right, so they've got so there it's there. The everyone wants to be there. Yeah. The focus on the world is in Melbourne. Planned city. The most, like, amazing. And then they're getting this obscure royal to come out to open up the exhibition buildings. And then straight away they get paranoid because we have awnings on all our buildings because of the climate. But they don't need them in Europe. And they go, oh, we don't want them to see that we've got awnings and everyone will think we're backwards. (laughs) So they picked up this obscure royal from down on the docks, and they removed all the awnings all the way up to the Windsor Hotel and then all the way up to the Exhibition Building. Clip-clop, clip-clop, didn't see any of the awnings. And as soon as he left, they put them back up again. And we've been doing that ever since. Like, we still cannot feel that we are okay with our lot. And so there is nothing that destroys heritage in this country alongside greed other than insecurity hello it's me wendell Hasi. jumping in here quickly because clancy overall has peeled off to the rsl hope you enjoyed the chat we're actually splitting it up into two parts the executive decision was made it's a longer uh longer interview this week so tune in next monday to hear part two talk to you then bye-bye